Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to... I'm going to start again. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Missed okay. end call. That's okay. Hi, welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We're your host, Marcia Novelli. And Ross Barber. Today on our show, we have Rue, furry musician, podcaster, and digital marketer for artists at Dale Speaking. How's it going, Rue? Going pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Sweet. Yeah. I'm well. Uh, we like to start off our show uh, right off the bat asking each guest um, to tell us three things about themselves that everyone should know. Oh, that everyone should know? Yes. Oh, Lordy. Um, uh, I am Canadian, so I guess that's one thing that everybody should know, because yes. it has a lot to do with how I kind of act in life. <laughs> um, I, uh, I play a lot of instruments, so I'm sort of multi-instrumentalist. I like picking things up and just figuring them out. Uh, so it's not just working with artists. I like to play with music as well. And I'm a furry. You already mentioned that. And that seems to be something a lot of people don't like to talk about, even if they are. But I'm, I'm a, one of those proud furries. So What's I a don't furry? Care. What's a furry? Ross, do you know what a furry is? No. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> we wanted, both don't know what a furry I wanted, is. I wanted to say yes, but then I was like, no. If I say yes, then I'm lying. And then I might get quizzed on it. And then okay. I'll just look like a furry. So, no. All right. What's a furry? Okay. Uh, you, you probably we get made fun of a lot on the internet. We're those people that like cartoon animals. And oh. uh, sometimes there's a small division of them that will dress up in like uh, full animal costumes. I do not have anything like that. That's crazy <laughs> stuff. That costs so much money. <laughs> But uh, I've spent the last 18 or 19 years basically in this sort of geeky subculture. And uh, and it's sort of like my little, I would say it's my side life, but everything's sort of brought into my life. Like, nice. that's where the name Roo comes from. I'm a kangaroo. And, uh, yeah, and all my clients, all my employers, they all know me as Roo. And that's I've just all I know you as. It. Yeah, so it's just, it's who I am. So I don't, I don't try to hide it. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. It's a little weird. A little weird. We get made fun of a lot. But it's I okay. Care. Weird it's is good. We like weird on this show. Good. Ross is incredibly weird. I don't like to tell him, but he's... Well, I'm... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I... Did I that was awesome. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I kind of didn't... I kind of didn't know that. I'm learning new things about myself all the time. There you go. See, it's, it's funny. I'm like trying to look in the background of Ross's place to see if there's anything extra weird there but i can't tell you oh there's a little drum kit that's pretty cute yeah there's a drum kit and there's an assassin's creed thing and there's uh tons of books i see books that's good see books i if this was at my house i would probably have one of our bookcases we have a whole wall of bookcases because we're all very much book and actual we buy vinyl and stuff if we like an album we buy it on vinyl even if we downloaded it just because we like that physical like i like having things on the wall yeah i like physical yeah. too that's one thing i always worry with people um, having so much digital 
Um, there's, I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's accessible. People have it, whatever. But you don't have yeah. a physical copy of something. It makes it, you know, having a physical copy is something you're going to see in 20 years and be like, oh, I haven't listened to that record in 20 yeah. years. Let's put it on. I mean, I've, I've got a physical copy of, of this. Uh, oh, what oh hey, what's that? that? Oh, it's familiar. Wow. oh, that's that cool. Is, oh, yeah. that, you, know what's, you know what's so awkward, Ross? That's the first time you've ever done that in the show. And I'm actually I know. wearing the exact same outfit as on the front cover. That's so put the Put the album up again. Uh, turn it, turn it slightly. It's a little bit because of the light. <laughs> what a loser! Yeah. I miss physical because yes. it's not even just it's. There's also like like you hear the old fogies talk about the ritual of opening up the vinyl, but even to like CD to cassettes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. When especially with cassettes with vinyl, when you put on the music, you're almost forced to listen to it the way that it was laid out to you, you yes. press play on it's such a hassle with with uh vinyl and with cassettes to forward and rewind to find different songs i did it if i when i was obsessed with bjork's uh post album i used to just flip oh, through the album non-stop right but then i'd also throw it on and just listen from start to finish um and with vinyl with cassette it's kind of cool to have that complete album feel yes where it's, it's less like you're listening to a mixtape that you're sort of making on the fly. It's more, this is how it was intended to be heard. So when people say the death of the album and all that, I'm like, I get where they're coming from, but I kind of miss that, the physical idea. You drop, you drop it on the platter, you drop the needle, and you don't touch it. You put a lid on it so you can't get to it. You're sort of forced to listen to it from beginning to end. Yeah, you know, and, and that actually makes me think about it. I actually had someone tell me once, uh, someone, uh, an engineer tell me, don't worry about track listing, people just download songs anyways and i don't even care if that's really true we just have yeah. to ignore that because i'm like you or i i, I still like that that story you yeah, yeah like, story even if i'm listening to an album on my iphone i still want to listen to it in order unless i'm listening to stuff on shuffle which would generally be artists to different artists to different artists to yeah, different artists if i'm listening to one artist i want to listen to the album from start to finish yeah yes. unless there's any song that i hate and then i'll oh, you know I'll skip it. <laughs> like generally i will listen to the full thing from start to finish and may, maybe we're in the minority maybe we're weird yeah but, but you know what there's always gonna be this minority and, and yeah it doesn't it doesn't hurt the people who don't care to listen to it from exactly. beginning to end. but why not still do what's true to you right yeah exactly the way i look at it is would you would you get a movie and only watch a certain certain scenes some people would unless it's an <laughs> anthology movie <laughs> Yeah, like you know? maybe ABCs of Death, you might skip yeah. the dumb <laughs> ones. Yeah. But like, there's, yeah, I, I don't think you would. And I think because music is made up of, it's almost like the chapters are mm. little mini chapters. People can flip to the ones they like the most and it still works. Um, I like especially concept albums. Uh, I don't really care for that many, but the ones that I do, I like listening from beginning to end. So you kind of yes. get that full feeling for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So you actually, you have a university degree in theater and history from the University of Guelph, and you also attended the Recording Arts Management Program at Harris Institute for the Arts. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, first of all, and you, I, I actually, it's going to lead to my last not next question. You interned at uh, Universal Music Canada. Um, what is your opinion on uh, education versus experience? Hmm, interesting. It's, uh, in the end, most people will tell you that the experience is more important. And that basically education is kind of, and just throw it away, you don't need it. But I think there are exceptions to that. Um, I went to Harris because I, I'd gotten my theater degree and that didn't really work out. And I've always loved music. I've been a musician. I've, I've played live. I knew all that, but I just did not understand the business. It didn't make any sense to me. Mm. So that's the main reason I went to Harris Institute and why some people go to other schools. Um, 
when I say there are some exceptions, I don't like to, I don't want to toot my alma mater's horn, but, but uh, Billboard recently released the top 11 schools to learn about the music business. And it was not only the only Canadian on the list, but it was also the only non-university on the list. Really? And it was num- number four of the top 11, uh, Harris. And there, there's a lot of other great schools in Ontario and across the world. Um, but I think if you're looking to get a good overview of how the business works, because it's not... It, it's weird. The business is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you actually want to kind of get an overview of how it works, I I think education is really important as long as you plan to then jump immediately in and try to f- try to get work as fast as possible. Well, it's not only weird, it's ever-changing too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make... If you look at it 10 years ago and 10 years before that, completely different than how it is right now. Well, and you've been in the industry uh, for, for at least that long. So what if... You know, how is it... How have you seen... You know this change, this completely different music industry that exists today than when you than you, when you first started mm-hmm. out. You know it's, what are the the major changes that you've seen, and how how do how do not only industry professionals but do artists adapt to that? <laughs> it's whether they do. A bit of a um, loaded question. Yeah, yeah, a bit. It's 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 strange because like just every year everything's a little bit different, um, and there's the only real way you can keep up with it is I, I'm a big supporter of go online read blogs whether it's mashable tech crunch music blogs anything like that just to try to catch what people are talking about um there's obviously going to be trends and never try to chase trends Mm -hmm. because uh whether as a musician chasing a genre trend or chasing a tech trend follow it snapchat for instance people went ape over that um and there are some musicians who are using it really well as a way to reach out to fans and others they could do without it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Some people are using it. Some people aren't. Um, it's, it's changed so much that I don't think you can actually describe how it's changing until it's changed again. <laughs> right? and chasing a trend too. By the time you've yeah. released anything, it's already the it's trend's already over. Passed. What's yeah. the point, right? Yeah. You, with a trend with, when you're chasing a trend, all you're doing is moving away from what you want to or should be doing Mm -hmm. towards something you think you should be doing and by the time you've caught up there's going to be something else in its place well because that trend was already brewing for the last little while and it's you know just because you know about it now doesn't mean it didn't start you know five years ago five years ago exactly (laughs) Exactly. yeah um it's really hard to say how things have changed all i know is that when i first got involved there was a, a lot more there seemed to be a lot more uh lean away from digital marketing and towards traditional marketing and over the last even just five years that's really flipped. that's really flipped um when i was at universal it was there was one digital marketing supervisor above me she was really good and i was her intern basically and that was the department <laughs> <laughs> and wow. things have changed a lot um not to say that other marketing managers and stuff weren't working in digital it's just for an actual digital marketing department um, at least working with artists, going social media, working with blogs and stuff. There were the two of us. Um, now, since then, I came here to Dale Speaking, and it, I started off just sort of as an intern, but then we've noticed the importance of working online. That's where you kind of build your fan base. I would say that your, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, SoundCloud, all that is really just what used to be called a fan club. Mm-hmm. and you're building up various types of the fan club. Instead of sending out a, a 45 at Christmas to your f- fans like REM used to, you now post stuff on YouTube or on SoundCloud. And to reach out to your fans so you can communicate with them, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, uh, Pinterest, or anything else that people use. It's really just a big 
far more engaging interactive fan club and those are the people if you do it right that are going to care enough to buy your music when you release it or to go see you live or to buy your merch or to view your video when you release it it's just you're building this foundation online which five years ago wasn't really the case as much i don't think people saw social media as much as you're building your fan base on social media i mean i think the, the only thing that we kind of had was myspace which was a huge great thing at the day but i don't yeah. think I, I don't think the industry really understood how to utilize that which was kind of the cool thing about it yeah it was a real kind of you know an indie uh, do-it-yourself thing you know but of course the story of that it got bought out ad, you know ads came in that was the end of that yeah. <laughs> you know but uh no like you know one thing i do realize though is some artists um are trying to do too many different social media sites um and they're losing that focus i personally yeah. think that you should do whatever you're most comfortable with i'd like yeah. to stick to about three you know twitter facebook and, and youtube and instagram but you know yeah. j- just because it feels natural to me you know but i don't really get pinterest i don't really get these other sites or Snapchat doesn't really work for me, but it might work for some artists. So, you know, if anyone's listening right now that doesn't really know the approach to take, uh, what would you tell them? Um, the three you just mentioned are the big three. Yeah. It's a good idea to try to have some kind of presence on them, but uh, this is something we tell artists here all the time. If you hate Twitter, don't use it because exactly. it's going to show yeah. so clearly to fans. That's when you get a fan to do it or you get, somebody on your team to do it but you just clearly mark like this isn't me talking yes exactly. they're talking about stuff for me but this and like tag it like we when i was working with an artist uh, group here in canada called headley mm-hmm. on their online stuff we tagged everything team headley or th so the fans that, knew yeah. it wasn't us or it wasn't them it was us they knew by responding they were going to get a response from the team but they wouldn't be disappointed in thinking they're actually talking to the band yeah, exactly. And, and because the band didn't have time to use, they were busy to use Twitter. So we tweeted for them, but we were clear about it. Same with Facebook, same with YouTube. I mean, YouTube's a bit different. A lot of people sort of have filmographers or teams, maybe don't know how to use like iMovie or Final Cut Pro or uh, whatever it is, Windows Movie Maker to make their own videos. So they might need to get other people to do it for them. But it's just those big three, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you should have a presence there, whether or not it's you. And if it's yeah. not you because you hate it, get somebody, a street team, a, a friend, a manager to manage it for you. I still think you should try to make an effort to see if you actually do like it. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> you just might, gonna say. You might you know, hate it for the wrong like, reasons. I think Headley, they can get away with it because they're, they're of that, that status. They're a much bigger band that can get away with having a team do that thing. But I think for the yeah. majority of artists, especially independent artists, do it yourself, you know, but like I said, like those three sites, including Instagram as a, as a force, yes, yeah. I love them all. I love being on them. There's it's, it's, that's why I use them. And I think that comes across if I hated it, like you said, I, it I wouldn't use it. Yeah, it does show. It shows. Um, so, um, yeah, I definitely think, uh, use what you like, but you know, and I, and I, besides Headley or those examples, don't get someone else to do it unless, and if you really don't want to do it, <laughs> if you really don't want to do it, then it's a matter of maybe having it instead of, Marcio Novelli, it would be Nar- Marcio Novelli fans. I like that and better, Narcio Movelli. Narcio Movelli. <laughs> there we go, just call it Narcio Novelli. Narcio Movelli. And that could be it. That could be the fan. Yeah, exactly, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, it would be a matter of being clear what it is and saying this is like the fan club tweets, but it's mm-hmm. the official Twitter account for the artist. Now, yes, if, exactly. If you're an indie artist, it might be kind of weird. Yeah. If, like, 
if you have this fan club managing your stuff, but it's a matter of just having something there for people and not going out there and saying, I hate this thing. Because I don't know if you've flipped through artists. It's weird people talking about how much they hate the social media they use. (laughs) And it's like, I'm not a big fan of, I don't like negativity in tweets. And you're going to have some. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like social media. I don't like when people are negative, even if they're being negative to be constructively critical of something. Mm-hmm. But um, generally, I, I suggest try to keep it positive. See if yes. you can figure out what you like about it and focus on that. And as best you can, don't make it a billboard. Make it a conversation. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, billboards are bad. When it comes to using social media, make it a conversation. You know, that's something I've actually told people uh, as well is, is don't tweet negatively. I mean, if you have that thought, save it as a draft. Look back yeah. at it in an hour or the next day. If it's still irrelevant, uh, something you still think is worth sharing, share it. But don't let it be. An, it's, just like, it's just like real life. Yeah. Sometimes we say stupid things in the moment. Take a breath. Think about it. Do you really want to put that out there? You know, this yeah. is a rep- especially if you're a band or, or a solo artist or anything. That's a representation of who you are. That's how people are, are getting mm-hmm. to know you. You know, do you really want to show you know that negative side that is just kind of the cloudy? Your, your yeah. mind being cloudy. It can backfire so quickly. Yeah. So and you can't and you, yeah you can delete it, but people can take screenshots. Oh. People. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's off-putting. I've deleted. I've I've unfollowed people because of that. Yep. And, you know, I'm. I don't need to get this negativity. There's enough negativity in the world. You know. Exactly. Put more positive. And it's very clear that people react better to positive, upbeat, funny, whether, say you're not a stand-up comedian kind of funny and you can't distill your sense of humor into 140 characters, doesn't mean you can't make observations that might be quirky that people can find interesting. Yeah. It's sort of like taking the, the positive side of yourself and thinking, like, what do I like in people? So if I like this artist, uh, there's an artist in Canada called Donovan Woods. Okay. His tweets are hilarious. He's very tongue-in-cheek. I believe his website is like the best songwriter in the world.com or something. <laughs> but like, he's, he's obviously doing it all tongue-in-cheek, but he's very funny to read because his tweets are humorous. But his music's like beautiful. Like He's almost the polar opposite when it comes to the music. The music is like singer-songwriter, beautiful stuff. But his tweets are hilarious. And his fan base knows he's a funny guy from his live performances. His banter is hilarious. Right. And it's cool to play on your strengths and recognizing what your voice is, especially when working with social media. You should try to go, okay, what, what is my voice here? Like, I'm, if I'm not a joker, a one-line joker, what do I use on Twitter so I can get my, my personality across? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I was just going to say, it shouldn't... Like this can come off as as sounding like we're 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 planning something or telling people to plan it, but really it's yeah. just being yourself, being it's learning yourself. how to how to put yourself into like you said one hundred forty characters or less, you know. Yeah. And it's a, I think uh, being genuine goes a long way, and people can see yeah. through bullshit. You know what I mean? I always they say, especially, especially fans of independent music, I think they're looking for something real. They're looking for some genuine to you know. I think you have to be that way, you know, mm-hmm. or, or don't do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> so your official title at Dale Speaking is digital marketer and video promoter yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about what your uh, I, I hate to say duties but what your duties are <laughs> Adele speaking duties I know um, I feel like a little child I said duty <laughs> <laughs> it, it varies it's very much artist to artist to artist um, within Dale speaking just as a company a lot has to do with working on the website um, we started off uh, we, we obviously have a pretty big experience um, that's not really a good way to say it a big history 
2004, I think we sort of started off um, with artists uh, who eventually became fairly well known called Feist and Dale. Oh, Dale got her on the radio early on. Uh, since then, a lot of cool artists, Alexis on Fire, City um, Color, in Color, Bush, a bunch of artists like that. Rival Sons, who are pretty mm-hmm. big right now. Um, and uh, when we started off, our website was basically when I started off here, it was pretty much just a billboard. Here's some artists we're working. Here's a single that's gone to radio. And the first thing that I wanted to do was change that into more of a blog that would help educate people about the industry from our perspective, what we understand of things. Um, so a lot of what I do right now is um, trying to get that blog up and running. Getting We've had about 200, 250 blogs out, all pretty much all educational, a couple sort of more entertainment. Um, so a lot of my duties... <laughs> involves uh, working on the blogs, coming up with ideas, sort of uh, getting stuff organized that way, and keeping it updated. Um, but then, obviously, there's also the artist-artist work. And like I said, like clients, every artist is different, so you can't take your template, plop it down, and work with someone. So, uh, generally, my work involves figuring out what kind of strategy we need to try to spread the word. Is this somebody that? everybody knows about already. We're just trying to spread the word about a new single or a video, or is this somebody who's not established yet? We have to kind of build them up and help them build a fan base. And the majority of it has to do with, um, it's almost like coaching. It's talking, figuring out what do you like? What don't you like? Um, where are you at currently with social media? Do you understand how, the difference between Twitter and Facebook? Um, do you have a video camera? Will you be interested in shooting videos? And especially with like, independent artists who are just starting out questions like that. Like, are you interested in shooting video blogs about your process? So the fans can kind of get an insight into your personality or, uh, are you just going to leave that alone? Are you just going to focus on Twitter and Facebook? That kind of stuff. We, it's literally just, we call them Mika meetings. Cause, uh, I used to work with an artist called Mika Barnes, who was in the nylons, which is one of those big Canadian, uh, acapella bands. And uh, he was one of the first artists I worked with. And so we refer to them as Mika meetings because it was our first meeting with him that helped us flesh out how we were going to actually go about this process. And when I realized I hate the word brand when referring to an artist, yes. I, I use the word character because I think that says the same thing without making it sound like a, a can of Coke. Um, <laughs> and like looking at, when you're trying to suggest to an artist, we need to build a digital strategy. Part of that has to be what they don't want. Um, what don't you want to do? What, I like that. What yeah. Stuff do you not want to be associated with? Say a sponsorship comes along, but it's a sponsorship for a product you don't like or use. Are you still willing to use the sponsorship because of the, the funding may help you go on tour? Stuff like that. Like yeah. I used to refer to those as like poisons. What's the poison? What stuff do you want to stay away from? Cause we will, always put up a wall when that comes up well i know i'm fine with dildos but it's the double-ended dildos that i find offensive oh, right you know what i mean well it really depends how thick they are yeah. but, <laughs> but what can you do right what can you do man <laughs> <laughs> we're all built differently <laughs> i like the true feel one yeah. so like those hard plastic ones so really, really <laughs> oh my god now yeah, would you be would you be able to offer some advice to um how to market a music video online Ooh. Because this is something a lot of my clients ask me, and I have no idea, really, because 
just there's so many videos like yeah it's yeah, so it's, difficult and people have such a short attention span and i just yeah, yeah. it's really tough like there's it really depends on what kind of video you're obviously like okay go when they do their videos they're marketing their videos not only on their name now but on the cleverness of the video and it kind of taps into that people want to see something weird mm -hmm. unique um one thing we've been doing recently with artists here at least one artist and another artist that did it independently is to do fan sourced videos where your music video is made up of videos that are sent into you from fans. Um, I've been wanting to do <laughs> that. Familiar. I wonder who did that. I'm wondering yeah. who's currently doing that. Me. <laughs> it's smart though. It's, it's, yeah. and it's, and we did that with Jimmy Rankin. Uh, it involves recently. everyone, you know, it, ma it makes it, it makes it a community, which it should be in which it is. And you have not only like, and then on the marketing side of it, those fans are going to share it with their friends. Mm -hmm. And if you have contacts in the industry, like other musicians, you can get musicians to film themselves lip syncing part of the song. And when you include that now, they're going to share it as well. And it, it plays into one of my big suggestions to artists is that be good friends with other musicians and share their music videos on your Facebook yeah. channel. And they'll do the same with their Facebook page. And then you're tapping into each other's fan bases. It's like artist cross promotion. Yeah. It's really smart. And again, it should be genuine. If you genuinely love yeah. their music, if you love their music, yeah. don't be a douche. And chances like, are you are going to like some other musicians. Music, so. yeah. 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 Hopefully. Unless yeah. you really hate music and you just make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, other than that, really, I find your best bet is to have the foundation built before you go out and try to push it. And this applies to everything. Mm -hmm. Don't release an album. If you have an album ready to go out, that's fine. You can release it, but don't be disappointed when you only sell 10 copies on Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. if, especially if you only have 10 followers on Twitter, <laughs> which would be amazing. Uh, yeah, that would be, that's that'd the be best conversion crazy. ever. <laughs> yeah. But like, you have to have that base built up before you go out. So whether that's through touring, through online, through video blogging, through setting out single, a couple of singles, um, cross promoting with artists, anything like that. Um, you want to try to build up an actual foundation of fans. Like they call it the thousand true fans. Mm -hmm. You could always, you could always start off with a hundred and build up to that thousand instead of shooting for a thousand true fans, which yeah. literally really is all you need. If you want to actually have, a career where you you're not relying on other people for money mm -hmm. you only need a thousand fans because if they each spend a uh, hundred dollars a year you just made a hundred thousand dollars exactly <laughs> that's not bad yeah. so uh start off with a hundred fans and then when you have your hundred fans and they're actually you have a hundred 200 people on twitter but 50 people are always responding back when you're talking which would also be amazing <laughs> then when you release your album, it's more likely you'll actually sell it. Or if you put your video online, it's more likely they're going to share it and they're going to get views. Mm -hmm. um, just having that, having them there before you throw things out and hope things work out. It's just, I think that's the best advice anybody can take. There's a double-edged sword too, because you need content for people to get interested know, in you. Catch 22. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think that's where demos come in or single yeah. or whatever. Or um, video blogs or, yeah. or blogs, just write blogs about music, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Are you, just, yeah. Are you ready for 20 questions, Rue? Oh God, I guess so. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Ross, you started off. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll start these ones. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. 
Boo! Yeah, Marsu hates you now. I know. First two answers are the opposite of what you would say. <laughs> it's okay, it's totally. Yeah. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Summer or winter? Summer. Friends or Fraser? Oh, Fraser. We're, we're bringing it back a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Melody or rhythm? Melody. Solo or band? Solo. <laughs> Indie or major? Indie. Tori Amos or Tori Spelling? Tori Amos. <laughs> Silent all these years. The Simpsons or Futurama? Simpsons. Mac or PC? Mac. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Yeah. <laughs> Yoga or yogurt? Yogurt. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? <laughs> Michael Bolton. Oh, you finally got one, Russ. Choice. I find, I, a few people have said Bolton. Yeah. They're too, they're too shy. That's no, man, only furries <laughs> say Michael Bolton. Yeah. It's the hair. <laughs> yeah, it's it true. He's got big hair. Okay, Rue, this one's for you, buddy. Twerk or work? Oh, work. Oh. I, I don't. Some people have hips that swivel. <laughs> Mine don't. My body just kind of... Your hips don't lie. That's what I heard. My hips don't lie. It's true. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Whale or kale? Are we talking whale the band and John Kale? Uh, no, but we can. <laughs> I'm going really... to go with whale. All right. Bette Midler or the Riddler? Bette Midler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And finally... Drum roll, Russ. That is my drum roll. Ready? This is the most important question you'll ever be asked for the next like minute. Okay. Ross or Marcio? <laughs> Rossio. <laughs> I like it. That's the best possible answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the least controversial, and that's how you make two friends, not one. <laughs> People actually give a specific answer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of my clients was very, very quick to say Marcio, <laughs> and she'd never met him before. I and we've known each other for a year now. What did you okay. do to her? <laughs> well, I guess I'm just the better host, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did. She, then she sent me like a really nice letter. So, I mean, all is sort of not forgiven. Oh, okay. Kaylin. I wouldn't either. Kaylin, if you're watching. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, what's on your iPod these days? What are you listening to? What sort of uh, music rep- recommendations do you have? Oh, um, I really like NQR Buckle. Okay. Uh, he is a Toronto guy, uh, sort of alt country, very cool stuff, very Canadian, a lot of Canadian references, and I've been really getting into that. Uh, I got the new Alt-J, and that's been making me very happy the last little while. Okay. And I'm trying to think of anything else. Tiffany. Always Tiffany. All right. Tiffany. Tiffany from the 80s, the mall girl. She's, oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, uh, I actually have a framed picture of her next to my desk. No and, way. Yeah. So, Rue, where can people find you online? I know there's underthepink.ca. There's uh, obviously dalespeaking.com. Yep. And uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Yeah. I'm on Twitter as Potteroo, P-O-T-O-R-O-O. Okay. Um, I think I'm Potteroo on Instagram as well, but I also show up as Rugoyle because okay. uh, I am a kangaroo gargoyle just <laughs> okay. to, make, to make this interview extra weird. <laughs> it's okay. This is new to us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's another way to sort of find me around. And uh, I'm on 
that uh, Bandcamp place. That's a Rugoyle one. R O O G O Y L E on there uh, with music. Yeah, because you released uh, a full album. Um, tell us a little bit about that before we wrap up here. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a collection of songs I've been writing for a podcast called no budget nightmares, uh, which reviews low budget, no budget, just generally pretty bad movies. Um, and, but it's sort of the thing I, I have a lot of respect and love for low budget movies because of the clever creative ways you have to get around yeah. the fact they have no money. So, uh, I figure they deserve the same respect other people do. So I've started writing songs for them. Uh, the last, I guess, 17 episodes of the podcast, I write a song. And then in August, I released B-Folk, because that's what I refer to it as, like B-Movie, right. B-Folk, Volume 1. And uh, it's got 14 songs plus a bonus. It might be a cover song. And uh, it's all there, all songs about things like kindergarten ninjas, <laughs> redneck zombies, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, well, the regular stuff. Yeah, the regular stuff. <laughs> that was uh, Dale just walking in. Oh, okay, I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just reaching up. You're just thinking about your next thought. Just thinking about <laughs> and there it stuff. is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, all really weird stuff. I've been told a lot of the songs are pretty, pretty, pretty. Even though there's songs about uh, uh, horrifying films, but uh, but I think they're pretty enjoyable. And that's sort of been my project the last little while. Is that's Very my cool, creative man. project there. I love how you're doing a bunch of different things and, you know, you're not afraid to just do what your heart desires. Just never limit yourself, right? No, you should never limit yourself. Absolutely. If you want to try something, go for it. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the last uh, couple of months has been Kevin Smith's Tusk. Everybody says it's a big bomb. I went to the world premiere. Yeah, I should have been yeah, there. At Tiff, I saw that. Right? Well, my friend, my friend Tara, her brother, uh, is one of the producers on it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I think we might be getting yeah. on the show, actually. I uh, yeah. I went to see the world premiere and I loved it. I adored it, and everybody talks about how it was a big bomb. But really, it was just a midnight movie, and it was he wanted to do what his heart said, and he's even said like it's the one movie of all the movies he's ever made that ended up looking closest to what he thought it would look like in his head. He wanted to make that movie that was in his head, and he made it basically one hundred percent. And if it only makes a couple of mil at the box office, who cares? He made something he wanted to do, and I absolutely loved it. I think everybody should take that approach. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the fame. Don't worry about anything like that. Mm -hmm. Just do what you want to do. If it's successful, great. If it isn't, you at least did something you wanted to do. Well, nothing's yeah. worse than you do something you didn't want to do, and it's still not successful, and then you sit back and think, well, <laughs> it could have at least done what I wanted to do. And you could have devoted that time, yeah. And, and also, success is defined in many different ways. A lot of people like to define it as monetarily, but, I mean, that's so transient. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, and it just one thing about uh, Kevin Smith, actually, I watched a uh, talk he did, and he talked about how a lot of his money and movies don't make a lot of money at the box office, but it makes a killing on the uh, downloads and it makes a killing on the rentals. So yeah. that's why he still gets money to make movies because yeah. you're going to make and, the money back in, in one way or another. And Tusk yeah. has already made its money back. It secured him funding for Clerks 3. No kidding. Yeah. I, read, yeah, I read that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's led into him making two other movies in what he's calling the True North Trilogy. No kidding. One, one is his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, uh, as two girls fighting supernatural powers. And a third one is called Moose Jaws, which is about a moose. Well, it's basically Jaws mm -hmm. with a moose in Moose Jaws, Saskatchewan. <laughs> so, and it's all the movies are set in Canada and they're all really clever and quirky and midnight cultish. So I'm, I think it's oh, awesome. So that's what everybody should do. Everybody make, make the craziest stuff that comes to mind. 
I love that. Whatever love you that. love, just make it. Just go. Oh, that, there's no better way to end off the uh, interview on that, man. That's that's great. I love it. That speaks volumes to who you are. I think Ross and I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's awesome. Hey, man, this has been an absolute pleasure. Please do come back again very soon. I'd love to. It would be fun. We should like do this more often. Sounds good. Oh, there we go. Let's do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the first part we've had. I can't reach. I can't reach. <laughs> there we go. Ross, you have to try it. You have to try this one. <laughs> oh, Ross is pretty good. You guys, oh, you guys, nice. you guys are way practice. better than me. I can't do this. There we go. Then we'll end on that, all right? All right. Cool. All right. Take care. Awesome. See ya. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.